0: This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits who are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner Chris Kazowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at Park Power. .ca double vaccinated woo finally
1: yeah
0: for those of you who are uh, not canadian um you may have already been double vaccinated long ago uh our government's rollout has been a little slower uh but finally We have joined House Pfizer, I guess. (laughs) We were on Team AstraZeneca for the first shot, but we've uh, gotten our second dose of the Pfizer. So good for us.
1: Yeah. Uh, If you are listening to this on release date, we are halfway through our two weeks. So next episode, our vaccine has fully taken effect and we will be giving out all the hugs.
0: Yeah. I mean, within reason to people who are safe to hug. Well, yeah. Yeah. Possibly still masked. Probably. And in an outdoor location. Look,
1: the important part is that hugs can happen again. <laughs> I miss <laughs> hugs very
0: much. She does. Quite a lot. Not to say that Nita does not appreciate hugs from me or from our two adorable children.
1: Oh, no, not at all. It's that I'm used to so many more hugs from such a variety of people.
0: Indeed. <laughs> um, the reason I, I kind of bring it up, and it, it's top of mind, number one, because it means that we're we're almost kind of through, like, the worst part of this which is good yes but also uh because i was thinking about side effects and we kind of got lucky on our second dose that the side effects were quite mild mm-hmm. um, with the first dose a little more severe oh
1: well, first dose was really rough on scott
0: yeah i was one of the unfortunate people who got like the night chills
1: yeah fever chills fatigue my arm was a little sore and i was super tired the next day that was about it.
0: yeah, uh second shot, we both were feeling like a little fluish the next day.
1: mostly I was tired
0: a little tired, a little a little sore and,
1: but my arm was sore. not like, oh, like when you get your flu shot right, you're like, oh, it's a little tender, it's kind of sore. like my arm was sore from my elbow to my shoulder like I had pulled something It was super sore. yeah, but that's really as bad as it got. so yeah. woohoo
0: so uh, feeling feeling pretty good now. Really only lasted a couple days. They, they say 48 hours. Yeah. So, yeah. little little topical conversation off the top here because it's on our minds that we finally got the second shot. And uh, hopefully, like, the we can see the light at the end of the tunnel at this juncture. That uh, would be
1: nice. I, I hope so. Yeah.
0: At any rate, no, it has nothing to do with uh, the chapter this week. <laughs> Sometimes I, I try to bring up something topical. Not this time. Wanted to mention that uh, we've got our second vaccinations. so And hopefully you have too, uh, wherever you're listening. Hopefully that is a thing that has also happened for you so that we can all get together and, and uh, as Anita would enjoy, hug each other oh. sometime in the near future. At any rate, I guess we'll, uh, we'll dive into our quick recap of our previous chapter in which uh, Johnny and Nick are almost immediately seized by police upon ending their bus ride despite all of their efforts to try to avoid same getting on that bus um, we
1: find out that johnny thinks she knows kung fu uh,
0: she certainly thinks she knows kung fu (laughs) exactly enough that she can definitely hurt a person and she does effecting an attempted but failed escape from a police station uh, only to be picked up by a mysterious man posing as a police officer and taken to see his superior which leads us into chapter 13 of beneath the rising by preemie mohammed
1: ever been to a party with someone you know really well but they're the person you know right you're hanging out with your friends other friends and you don't know anybody yep that's what this chapter felt like to me
0: oh for sure yeah no it's super awkward for nick especially because everybody's talking on a level that he's not on and nobody's willing to like actually fill him in on anything right which is I mean, that's just the story of Nick so far, all book. And it's it really sucks for him. And it kind of sucks for us because we're seeing the book through his eyes.
1: So. I know. And everyone keeps talking about how, how much not time they have. The time crunch is always ever present and constantly mentioned, even though we need to have discussions and talk about things and get detours, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yes, we don't have time. We know you don't have time. I think they're starting to use that as an excuse to not explain things to Nick.
0: Well, not as much. And to be fair, this chapter probably takes all of 15 minutes.
1: Oh yeah, that's true.
0: Like it, it reads pretty fast and well, there's certainly several points to go through. They're not at that house for very long.
1: No, no, they aren't. But they seem to have time for these little discussions, but no time to send Johnny on her way.
0: Well, they do send Johnny on her way, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, Nick and Johnny are taken to a nondescript home down an alley, and they're dropped off by uh, a guy we'll now know as Omar, moving forward. Yeah. Because uh, he we do find out his name this chapter. Uh, the place gives Nick a bad vibe right from jump. There's something in the air that's just, like, raising his hackles. But despite that, they are made to feel initially welcome. There's clearly an effort being made to put everyone at ease. We're here to parlay. Nobody's in trouble yet. Yeah. Like, let's all sit down and have a talk.
1: They are offered tea.
0: Well, coffee, actually. We are quickly introduced to Tariq and Helen. Is that
1: how you said it? Tariq?
0: I've been, I said Tariq last chapter. I'm not familiar with how the name might be pronounced otherwise.
1: I considered that it might be Tariq. Tariq is how I read it in my head. Yeah. I so mean let's go with that.
0: If we're wrong, I sincerely apologize, but that is certainly how I was reading it okay, as well. Good. So, uh, But we are introduced to Tariq and to Helen, both of whom know Johnny, and Tariq apparently is already aware of Nick, too. He calls him the famous Nicholas, so he's heard of this guy. And as we've already established, they immediately launch into a conversation that is way over Nick's head. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: A whole bunch of vague things.
0: Johnny is also... Right from go, kind of cold and standoffish with the adults in the room, which I mean is par for the course. Par for the course because she thinks she knows better than everybody and keeps trying to end the conversation in a hurry because, well, they are in a hurry. Like well, that's. We
1: keep mentioning how much yeah. time is precious. They have to go.
0: Helen, however, finally tells her to basically shut up and sit down. And she does. We will learn. Later in the chapter, uh, Helen was using a little bit of uh, a magical whammy on her to keep her in place for a little bit so right. that they could have a talk. Sit her down. Yeah. Helen proceeds to kind of scold Johnny, actually. Apparently Johnny contacted them some days ago, and we know this. Yeah. She had made some calls around to get some information when she first suspected something was up. And apparently she didn't so much ask for secret knowledge as demanded a bunch of secret knowledge from them. Because she knows that the world is ending and Helen and Tariq and and the rest of the members of this society gave her the benefit of the doubt at first, but uh, they've since done a little bit of their own investigating and they're not so sure that the world is exactly ending. Apparently, these kind of conjunctions happen from time to time. Yeah, a little bit more magic seeps into the world, but it's never the end of the world because they are well and truly asleep or as asleep as they can be.
1: Yeah, the capital day.
0: Yeah, what what makes this different? Johnny's pretty insistent here, though. Like, you guys need to get out of the house a little more often, because it's not just, like, the background magic levels in a, in a nexus point like this that are rising. It's all over the place. Nick here is a normie, and he can see magic right now. Like, it's happening. What I certainly began to gather at this juncture in the conversation was that, yeah, Helen and Tariq are aware of that. <laughs> They know what's going on, but they don't know the whole picture because naturally Johnny isn't telling anybody anything. Of course not. Especially because she doesn't want to get in trouble because she's still a kid. So what they're actually doing is they're trying to get her to tell them what she's withholding.
1: Yes. They they think they have the means to force it out of her.
0: Well, yes, basically. They're, they're trying to strong arm some information out of her because they know that she's not going to give it to them willingly.
1: Johnny really comes off as such a jerk in this chapter. Oh, we'll get to that. Such a jerk. Put a pin in that. All right.
0: Um, Johnny can't bring herself to admit what's happening to them, but she is at the very least willing to swallow a tiny bit of pride and ask for help from them. Perhaps surprisingly, perhaps not, Tariq and Helen aren't too forthcoming on that front, because apparently Johnny has taken advantage of their generosity once too often. The way that Tariq kind of puts it. Yeah. Nick recognizes that the conversation is getting a little heated here. So he tries to like cool, <laughs> cool things everybody, down.
1: About. Everybody just calm down. Yeah.
0: He cuts in and is like, so uh, are you guys this famous Sarati society I've been hearing so much about? And they confirm, yes, we are the Serrati society. They do take offense with the way Johnny had kind of described them earlier though. She said, these guys used to worship the ancient ones and now they kind of don't. And they're like, Whoa! Hold the
1: <laughs> How dare hold you? the
0: phone. That is that is not accurate. Um, the way that they kind of explain it, in short, because Tariq tries to go into like a lengthy history lesson, and he Helen seems, shuts him down. He
1: seems delighted to talk about it. Right? He's got this ever-present smile, but it it never, didn't come across as a creepy smile until the end.
0: Well, I right? Mean, that he
1: was just really a pleasant guy and happy to see them, and everything's great.
0: Well, he also four hundred years old, so he's steeped in the history. Yes.
1: But this is his life, right? So when they ask him about it and he gets a chance to talk about it, like he's...
0: He comes alive. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. He was like, oh, let me tell you stories of our order. I could talk for days. (laughs) And
0: Helen is like, no. (laughs) We don't have time. Shut that down. (laughs) Here's the short version. The short version is uh, they're guardians of the old ways, keeping things locked up tight so the ancient ones won't return.
1: What is it? Scholars and... Guardians. Guardians. That's the other one.
0: Yeah. They finally kind of just state outright... Look, we, we need to know what you know so that we can figure out what needs to be done next. Like, you not sharing this information with us is the reason why we're sitting on our hands. You need to understand that you're not some lone hero against the darkness here. Like, you have friends you need but ask, and you just need to trust people and share. Johnny, however, not interested in hearing any of that. She scoffs. And says, you guys just won't pick a side. Like, you're just neutral in all this. And Tariq is like, "Uh, excuse me, our entire history has been about preserving humanity. And she kind of reiterates, no, you aren't on our side. I think what she's saying there is not so much that they're on the ancient one's side and more that they're on their own side. As opposed to Johnny's side. Yeah. Yeah. Tariq is like, look, we've known about you for years. You've been asking questions from us for years we've multiple times been like why don't we pool our resources with the access to your your like libraries and your research facilities imagine the good we could do and time and again you just rebuff us and now you come crashing into our door demanding access to all of our libraries and all of our research like that's not reasonable like you constantly keep trying to change the nature of our relationship, but you're never willing to give us anything in return. And Nick hears this and he's like, oh, it's because she can't let them anywhere near her because they'll quickly realize, oh, you're a super genius because you made a pact with devils. The source of your power is the very power that we're trying to keep locked up forever.
1: Yeah. I I know that Nick gets it and I know that they can't, uh, they being Nick and Johnny, cannot tell these other two people Or anybody really about that. But Johnny never even bothered to find a workaround, right? It was always just a hard no. So she did still bring this on herself.
0: Well, this. I know, I know. We're coming back to that pin, but we need to keep that pin in there for now. At this juncture, Nick realizes things are getting heated. So he steps up to kind of call an end to the parlay. And Tariq, like, rises and tries to get him to sit down and, and continue the conversation. As he gets closer, though, Nick gets a real bad vibe from him, because he's a 400-year-old wizard.
1: He gets the smell, is what he gets.
0: So he ends up, like, yanking off Tariq's amulet, hucking it under, yeah, a, under a chair. this
1: little medallion that he was wearing around his neck, but, like, tucked into his shirt, kind of.
0: Which was the thing that he was getting the smell off of, he he realizes. And it burns his hand when he, when he grabs it. Tariq is surprised, and then gets angry, and basically tells Nick, you know what? You're already known to them, and your story... Does not end well. You'd be better off to ditch Johnny right now and, quote, stop paying her price. We're going to get to that later, too. Uh Uh-huh. Helen says, you know what? We're not here to fight. Let them go. And the duo quickly and kind of quietly exit the house and beat a retreat for a few blocks to kind of take stock of their situation. Johnny is actually pretty impressed (laughs) that Nick managed to shut Tariq down like that and is like how did you know to do that? And he's like, I don't know, just instinct, I guess.
1: Yeah, kind of. That's all Nick has to go on, really.
0: Yeah. She also says she was quite surprised that Helen had come all the way from Prague to be there as well.
1: That's quite a, a travel.
0: Yeah. So clearly they know something's up. They know something's up. Otherwise Helen wouldn't have come. But when Johnny first saw her, Johnny thought, well, maybe she's here to help. Now she's not so sure because of the, the terrible parlay that they just had <laughs> yeah um and johnny says you know she kind of snidely says regarding the serati society as incomprehensible as the ancient ones are because you could spend a million years studying them and never come any closer to truly understanding them i often wonder about the proximity effects that they have on people who spend their lives kind of steeped in that kind of knowledge and magic and i was like that's rich, Johnny, coming from you, <laughs> right? the girl who's literally powered by their magic.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's still some worry here between the two of them that the Serati Society might try to make a move against them, maybe call the authorities, maybe not. They don't know what the Society's going to do next. But Nick is on the same page that I was halfway through this chapter. They definitely know more than they're letting on.
1: Oh, 100%. Everyone knows more than they're letting on. I think, except Nick.
0: Yeah, he's also a bit rattled by what Tariq told him and Johnny just basically is like, you know what, don't worry about it and let's go look for a taxi and that's the end of the chapter.
1: She says that so often to him. It's starting to get a little tiresome.
0: It's, well, and not only that, it's, she is definitely lying to him here in this moment. Don't worry about it? Mm, You know, I think he should worry about it.
1: Well, she's, she brushes it off. Like, oh no, he's probably mistaken because they know everybody, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's, She's not being very fair to Nick at all.
0: No, and she isn't often. No. No.
1: It's, the more we go through this book, the, the less and less I like Johnny.
0: Um, there are, she has, she has things that are likable about her. And there are times when she is a good friend. And there are things that are not good about her. And times that she is a very bad friend.
1: And lately she's being a very bad friend.
0: But that's because of her very utilitarian worldview. Mm. Um, I mean, Helen even calls her on it earlier in the chapter when she says, you know, you're actually a very dumb scientist because you think everything is simple.
1: She calls her a terrible scientist. Yeah. And Nick is appalled and shocked. Like, no one has ever called her a terrible scientist. What?
0: But Helen is right.
1: Oh, she is. 100%. Uh,
0: For Johnny, there's always a simple solution to something. And she's laser focused on those solutions. And that's the case here, too. Nick has even been like, if I were to die, Johnny would just pick up my bag and carry on finish the mission because for Johnny the ends always justifies the means right yeah that's why she made a deal with the devil in the first place
1: yeah that still makes her a pretty terrible friend right now
0: the Sarati society knows Johnny has done something they know
1: they have to know how do they not know they
0: a hundred percent know that yeah the apocalypse is potentially happening and Johnny is directly responsible they've pieced that much together and that's pretty clear to me the problem is they don't know what she's done and she's not willing to tell them And therein lies the impediment here. And it's just another, this is Rutger except bigger. Yeah. It's her making an enemy where she could have had an ally because she thinks she knows better. She's her own worst enemy. Oh, yeah. She's constantly sabotaging her own efforts to fix this because she can't bring herself to trust anyone else to do it. Because she's the smartest girl in the world and only she can handle it.
1: Her whole character arc so far has been uh, Johnny against her own ego.
0: In many ways, yes, because if she had just been honest with the Sarati Society, yeah, they probably would have been pissed at her.
1: Yeah, but maybe they could have helped.
0: But they might have been able to help. They, and might, like, have, they might have legitimately
1: helped, not just sent someone to give her a ride.
0: Yeah, and they might have had a ready-made solution right there for all she knows. They could have been like, "Oh, this has happened a hundred times before. We got this." They probably not, but you never know if she was just right? forthcoming. Just like if she had been forthcoming with Rutger about why she was going to Morocco, he wouldn't have called the police.
1: Right. But she's so wrapped up in herself.
0: Well, and part of it is I think Nick has the right of it at one point in this chapter where he recognizes that she feels guilty. And part of the reason she's not willing to admit to anybody what happened is because she doesn't want to have to face that guilt.
1: That makes sense.
0: She doesn't want to have to account for it. She thinks that she can just fix the problem and wash her hands of it and be and, done.
1: And everything will be okay and which, she'll be redeemed.
0: Which is actually, it goes back to a few chapters ago when she built those high-tech lean-tos for refugees and then washed her hands of that situation and carried on. I don't need to solve any of the problems that made them homeless refugees. I just need to provide them with food and shelter and we're good. Yeah, everybody's um, fine now. That's, that's the same logic that's at play here i broke the world i just need to go fix it and then everything's fine
1: right everything's great
0: and if she were to tell someone in a position of authority what she had done she might get in trouble and that's something she can't deal with it's true it's weird because she's she's immature
1: of course well she's only what 17 18 mhm that what we decided earlier on she just she doesn't have the life experience to keep up with her extensive brain
0: the foibles of a child genius
1: yeah oh johnny
0: now we posited almost facetiously uh several chapters ago in this podcast that what if the link between johnny and nick is a little more mystical than they were both just held hostage by terrorists Mm-hmm. And both got shot by the same bullet. Maybe that that bullet had linked them a little more metaphysically. Right. That That's why uh, Johnny keeps him close. That's why he's able to kind of sense the magic a little bit before anybody else. Uh, that's why Drazenoth knew to approach him. That he's he's got kind of the stink of magic on him because of his association with her. Because they, in some ways, share blood. Yeah, okay. And then we had kind of jokingly, darkly suggested... What if Johnny was siphoning off Nick's life so that she didn't have to siphon off her own?
1: Mm, I remember that.
0: What do you think Tariq was talking about when he said, you should stop paying her price?
1: Well, that's just it. I'm not entirely sure, but it seems very plausible that our jokes were not, in fact, suddenly jokes.
0: That would be a tremendous betrayal, and it would also be very in line with Johnny's, again... The ends justify the means approach to reality. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. My best friend is dying faster so that I can use my big brain, but think of all the people I'm going to help.
1: And if I tell him,
0: him, he he might be mad about it. And I need to keep him close so I can keep doing it.
1: She keeps him because he is hers.
0: That would be... A heart-wrenching betrayal.
1: It really would be. That would
0: be an incredible stab in the back.
1: Yep. Because he has a very, very deep affection for her.
0: And if she was doing that, she would have been taking advantage of him in an unfathomable way.
1: Absolutely. We don't know for sure that she is or isn't.
0: It would, it would make her monstrous.
1: Oh, yes it would.
0: It would be her trading someone else's life for her ability to do stuff. And it doesn't matter the amount of good that you're doing in exchange for that. Captain America, <laughs> one of the two great Mr. Rogerses, uh, did once say, we don't trade in lives. And that is an ultimately compassionate thing to say. Yes. Like, one life is just as valuable as any other. And in this, if this were the case, hypothetically speaking, Johnny would be placing her life above Nick's. And not just because, oh, because I'm here... I'm able to help all these people and do all this good, Nick would understand. No, it's still the selfish belief that her life is more valuable than Nick's life. Yes. That she can do all of this good and no one else could. And therefore Nick's life is forfeit. And that would be truly monstrous.
1: (laughs) Yes. We don't know that that's true. No. So let's not operate under that assumption. No. But I don't know. That sentence from Tariq is a little bit cryptic. And yeah, it could mean that. It might, not. It, it might, might just, not. it might just be his way of saying, she's dangerous, stay away from her. Oh, she she's 100% going, is. She's going to get you
0: killed. Almost certainly. <laughs> Especially if Don't she know. keeps making enemies of everybody on her way to dealing with this uh, problem. Because at this juncture, even if she does save the world, she's got no friends left except for Nick. <laughs> uh, and she's going to be in prison, so.
1: Physically, we're about halfway through this book now, right? Give or take? Yep. Center, center-ish? Roughly. <sighs> So they still got a ways to go. Maybe Johnny will figure it out before
0: the end. That would be nice. At any rate, um, and again, what we were kind of discussing is very speculative. Uh, we don't know that Johnny is feeding Nick's life away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope she isn't.
0: Uh, but it's just Tariq's, as we said, Tariq's comment brought that back to mind. So wanted to address it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Johnny might wise up as soon as next chapter. Who knows? Probably not. But we can find out. You'll want to read up on that in time for next week. That'll be chapter 14. In the meantime, you know, we can't necessarily reach out to ancient secret societies to give us the support we need to continue podcasting to you. Mostly just because we don't know any. And if (laughs) you are an ancient secret society and you are listening, reach out to us. We'd be happy to talk. Uh, For everybody else, though more modern societies sometimes have to suffice. And that includes the Edmonton Community Foundation, who is a longtime supporter of the Alberta Podcast Network. Uh, And uh, here's an ad. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of The Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out the Podcast.com.
1: Yay for the Well Endowed Podcast. We've talked about them lots before.
0: It's true. Uh, you can learn more about them and the other supporters of the network at the network website. That's albertapodcastnetwork.com. You can find all of the member podcasts there as well. Get a little sample of them, for check sure. them out, find one you like, download it on your podcatcher of choice. While you're there, give us a little rating and a review. It helps us out.
1: It really does, and we appreciate it.
0: We would like to shower you with that appreciation on social media.
1: <laughs> the Standard Collection, plus one extra because we're special. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at The Read on most of those.
0: You can also reach us via email.
1: We are thereadalong at gmail.com.
0: And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time.
1: Next stop, library. Finally.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Read Along with your hosts Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Readalong, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.